Welcome to the Gallopod, with me, Galloplacidia. In this episode, I'm reading the first part of my fic, Can I Tell You Something? If you're not here for Drury fanfic, you're in the wrong place. Content warning. This story deals with drug addiction, primarily MDMA, cocaine and alcohol. I hope you enjoy Can I Tell You Something? Chapter 1 Dear Potter, I'm writing to apologise for my cruelty and arrogance throughout Hogwarts, as well as for my reprehensible actions during the war. I do not write because I expect forgiveness. Rather, I thought you deserved an apology. Sincerely, D. Malfoy Harry was going to write back, until he learnt that Malfoy had written word for word the same letter to both Ron and Hermione. He threw out Malfoy's letter and forgot about it. The first time Harry saw Draco Malfoy after the trials was at Zacharias Smith's bizarre country manor house party. It was nine months after the war, and everyone was a bit on edge. Smith, agent of chaos, had invited their entire year group, and the Slytherins came the bastards. Everyone was a bit weird that year anyway. By 10pm, Neville was getting head from Parvati Patil in the kitchen in front of a cheering crowd. Harry retreated to the empty library and wondered whether he was a washed-up old man. Oh, said Draco Malfoy, upon opening the door. It's Harry Potter! His eyes were so dilated they were almost black. His face was pale and thin, his cheeks pink. He floated gracefully into the room, half-dancing, with a strange, open expression. Malfoy, said Harry, cautiously. He was trying this new thing where he didn't hate people. It wasn't going well. He hated everyone. Malfoy approached, still looking dreamy and beautiful, like some sort of woodland elf. I wanted to explore, he said. I can't believe you're here. He made a gentle laughing sound. You killed the Dark Lord. He did the strange laugh again. It didn't sound right, as if he had temporarily forgotten how to do it. You saved the world. Can I massage your hand? You're high, said Harry. Malfoy looked surprised. Yes, he said. Can I tell you something? What do you want? asked Harry. MDMA, said Malfoy. Lots and lots. I like your hair. Can I touch it? Harry shook his head and sat cross-legged on the long wooden table. Malfoy exclaimed. Sitting. Yes. What an excellent idea. Ha <laughs> ha. The same laugh again, where he seemed to say the words rather than do the deed. Isn't this strange? Can I touch your hair? You tried to kill me. Don't touch me, said Harry. Malfoy's eyes widened. He was utterly, bewitchingly lovely, and his long, tapered fingers went to his smooth cheeks. I'm annoying you, he said, sounding grief-struck. Should I go? No, said Harry. I like you better on MDMA. Maybe you'll tell me all your secrets. Malfoy shook his head, smiled. Ha, ha, I am not to be taken advantage of. What did you want to tell me? asked Harry. Malfoy had started massaging his own calf and seemed quite distracted. Are you sure you don't want a massage? It feels so good. I'm sure, said Harry. You said, can I tell you something? Malfoy's hands went to his chest, his face open and sincere. I don't know if I should tell you. It's a secret. Harry waited. Do you still hate me? asked Malfoy. No, said Harry. At least, not intellectually. Oh, said Malfoy, sadly. But emotionally... His fingers worked gently at the collar of his shirt. 
A lot of people hate me. They send letters. He looked up. It's scarred. What? said Harry. Sectum Sempra, it's scarred. This was turning out to be a truly nightmarish party. Snape said it wouldn't, said Harry. Malfoy shrugged. Want to see? I don't want you to take your clothes off, no, said Harry, although he was keenly aware that this was a lie. But he hadn't even told Ron that he might be by, so he certainly wasn't going to risk Draco fucking Malfoy finding out. Malfoy shook his head. I don't have to. Look. He took out his wand and cast a quick finite incantatum. Scars gashed across his face. Painful, angry red scars. One running across his eye, warping his eyebrow. It seemed a miracle that his eye itself had survived. The other running down the side of his cheek. He looked like a slashed painting. Malfoy was watching Harry's reaction closely. I know, said Malfoy, when Harry couldn't speak. It's ugly. He cast the glamour spell to cover them up, so quickly and easily that Harry knew he must cast it every day. You've been hiding it all this time, asked Harry. Malfoy laughed, ha, ha, and nodded. It's ugly, he said again. His eyes grew childishly sad. Ugly. Malfoy, can I touch your hair? Okay, said Harry. But as Malfoy reached forward, the door opened. Draco, said Dean Thomas. Dean, cried Malfoy in delight. He jumped from the table and took a running leap into Dean's arms, wrapping his long, thin legs around Dean's torso. I was looking for you, said Dean, in a similarly daydreamy voice. I just had a deep, meaningful chat with Harry Potter, said Malfoy. That's amazing, said Dean. Harry watched on, feeling rather dazed. Dean hoisted Draco up on his hips. Remember where we were this time last year? Draco nodded. His eyes were too big for his face. I think about it all the time, he said. All day, all night, all day, all night. Me too, said Dean. Do you want some gum? No, thank you. Oh, Malfoy jumped down from Dean. You have a nice body, he told Dean. You do too, said Dean. Malfoy turned to Harry. I didn't say thank you. That's fine, said Harry, hastily. He did not particularly want to prolong time spent with his intense, elfish version of Draco Malfoy. He was still reeling from the shock of having disfigured him. I would be an Azkaban now, said Malfoy. Can you imagine? asked Dean. Malfoy shut his eyes and shook his head. Yes, he said. It will make me sadder. I don't want to be sad. Do you want me to kiss you? asked Dean. Okay, said Malfoy, cheering right up. I'm going to go check on Ron and Hermione, said Harry decisively, and left the room. Not before hearing Malfoy sigh contentedly into Dean's mouth, however or Dean saying, your lips are so soft. Malfoy. I had no idea my curse had... Harry screwed up the parchment and threw it away. Dear Malfoy, if I had known about your face... Malfoy. Not that it makes it any better, but the scars aren't actually ugly. Malfoy. Sorry about cutting up your face. Malfoy. Obviously I didn't mean to fucking disfigure you. I had no idea. Is there anything I can... Malfoy, can we speak in person? The coffee shop near the ministry, tomorrow evening at six. Sincerely, Harry. Malfoy didn't answer. Hey, Malfoy, not sure if you got my last letter. Was hoping we could have a chat. It's about what you told me at Smith's party. Harry. 
When that, too, provoked no response, Harry decided there was no point in putting it off any longer. He had to apologise, more for himself than for Malfoy. He was going mad thinking about Malfoy saying ugly and glamouring his scars. Dear Malfoy, I can't tell you how sorry I am about the Septimus Emperor. I was sorry anyway, even before I knew about the scarring. I had no idea what that spell meant, and I was terrified when I saw what it did to you. I wish I could undo it. If there's anything I can do to help with medical bills or whatever, please let me know. Sincerely, Harry. That very afternoon, Malfoy wrote back, Dear Potter, thank you for your apology. Sincerely, D. Malfoy. It was another year before Harry saw Malfoy again. He heard about him before then, however. And then Malfoy showed up dressed as a Russian czar and started knighting everybody. It was wicked, said Ron. He is fun at a party, said Hermione. He's Malfoy, said Harry. Why don't you come out with us sometime, said Ron, as if Harry hadn't spoken. You never get out. I get out, said Harry. Going to work doesn't count, said Ron. I like my work. I'm sure Harry will start socialising when he's ready, Ron, said Hermione. I'm socialising. I socialise all the time, said Harry. Eating bagels at our flat every other Tuesday isn't a social life, mate, said Ron. Neither is getting plastered with Draco Malfoy every weekend, said Harry, and Ron blushed. He had been drinking a lot. So had Hermione. So had most people, it felt like. Finally, Harry agreed to go to a house party with Ron and Hermione. Terry Boot lay naked on the dining room table. Eloise Midgen snorted coke off his stomach. Everyone's gone mad, thought Harry. Completely fucking mad. There was a large balcony. He sat down on a stoop, tucked out of sight, and decided to wait twenty minutes before leaving so that Ron wouldn't berate him the next day. Five minutes later, Draco Malfoy floated slenderly onto the balcony, clutching Michael Corner's hand. You're so hot, said Michael. I love fucking you. Harry made a small, agonised sound, but neither of them seemed to notice. Look, stars, said Malfoy. He was on MDMA again. Harry could tell from the dreamy quality to his voice. What did you want to tell me? asked Michael, starting to massage Draco's hand. Michael was clearly off his face as well. I love you, said Malfoy. Harry put his head in his hands and sighed, resigned to his fate. Also, he was kind of fascinated. You've never said that before, said Michael. I think it, all the time, said Malfoy. How come you've never said? Talking, said Malfoy, as if that was explanation enough. But you will talk someday, said Michael, about the nightmares. Ha <laughs> ha, laughed Malfoy. I love you. I love you too. They kissed. Harry wanted to die. Do you want to talk now? asked Michael. Will that be easier? Malfoy shook his head. It will make me sad, he said. I don't want to be sad. But sometimes you have to be, said Michael. No, 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 said Draco. Not me, not ever. <laughs> you worry me, said Michael. Shh, said Draco. We should go dance. Okay, said Michael, readily, and they vacated the balcony. Even Draco Malfoy's found love, complained Harry. Well, no offence, mate, but he puts himself out there, you know, said Ron. It was the second Tuesday of the month. They were eating bagels. If you call dropping Molly five times a week putting yourself out there, then yeah, he does, said Harry. I think he varies his drug use, actually, said Hermione, although he does like his coke. Why do you know so much about Draco Malfoy's drug habits, said Harry. We just see him a lot, Harry, 
said Hermione. More than we see you, to be honest, said Ron. You know he comes to Neville's movie nights. You're all fucked in the head, said Harry. All of you. Eloise Midgen, too. We're not suggesting you turn into a party animal, Harry, said Hermione. But we go to the pub on Fridays. Couldn't you come to the pub? I go over my case notes on Fridays, said Harry. Hermione tactfully changed the subject. Chapter 2 It was another year before he saw Draco Malfoy again. It was at Zachariah Smith's country manor house. Why doesn't anyone fucking like me? asked Smith, wandering drunkenly through the halls. Harry, who had taken MDMA for the first time an hour ago and was beginning to feel great, grinned. It's because you're a dick, he said, helpfully. Everyone loves Malfoy and he's a fucking death eater, said Smith. The whole world's gone mad, said Harry, and slipped away. He wanted to find Ron and tell him what a great friend he was. The house was huge. He opened door after door, getting progressively higher, and soon he couldn't hear the sounds of the party at all. He was lost. He was alone. He opened a door, and Draco Malfoy was sitting on the window seat of a pretty blue bedroom, smoking a cigarette through the open window. Draco Malfoy, cried Harry. He was delighted to see him. Draco, he could say sorry in person now. The words were loose in his mouth. Potter, said Draco. I'm sorry about your face, said Harry. I had no idea. How come you wear the glamour? It's so warm in here. Can I have a cigarette? You're high, said Draco. Dean Thomas gave me some. You're friends with him. Isn't that weird? Because you kept him locked up in your dungeon all those months. It must be weird. Does he have any more? Asked Draco. No, said Harry. I feel good. I feel so good. Is it your first time? Asked Draco. Harry nodded, and it felt so lovely to move his neck that he kept doing it. Draco huffed a quiet laugh, a real one, the first Harry had heard from him in years, or maybe ever. Let's get you back to the party, he said. I wanted to talk to you, said Harry. I wanted to say sorry in person. No need, said Draco. Can I see them again? The scars? Without the glamour? No, said Draco. Do you hate me? asked Harry. No, said Draco. He stubbed out his cigarette on the outside of the windowsill and threw it conscientiously in the bin. Come on then, Potter, let's find you some music to dance to. He crossed the room, opened the door. Harry followed him to the corridor. It was long and empty. Race you, said Harry, and started running. Draco ran too. They hurtled down the corridor and Harry reached the end first. I win, like Quidditch. We should play Quidditch. No, said Draco. Merlin, you're fast. Come on. Why do you wear the glamour? asked Harry. Why do you think? asked Draco. Is it uncomfortable? Draco moved his head, non-committal. It itches, he said, like wearing a wig. Have you forgiven me? asked Harry. I think everyone's through here, said Draco. He led them to some stairs. Harry sat on the banisters and started to slide down, but his balance was all funny and he almost fell. Draco's hands flew to his waist, steadying him. Hold on, he said. He cast a few charms. Okay, now you can do it. Harry slid down the banisters, invisible walls on either side of him preventing him from falling. At the bottom of the stairs, Draco lifted him down. You're strong, said Harry. I think I'm bisexual. Okay, said Draco. Haven't told anyone yet, said Harry. That's understandable, said Draco. You're gay. Don't your parents mind? Did Voldemort hate the gays? I haven't told my parents said Draco. Would they mind? The main hall is this way, said Draco. 
Let's race again, said Harry. They did. This time, Draco won. But when they got to the main hall, there was no one but Neville, asleep on a couch, and a couple making out in the fireplace. Where is everyone? asked Harry. Gone to bed, said Draco, frowning. It's nearly five. I don't know why Dean let you drop so late. Dean will be up, said Harry. Yeah, let's find him, said Draco. Harry followed him to the kitchen. Your hair's a nice colour, said Harry. Where the fuck is Dean? Draco asked the empty kitchen. I'll send a Patronus, said Harry. Expecto Patronum. He was so happy that he didn't have to think of a memory. But his magic was all funny, and what came out was a dazzling but unshaped white mist. It quickly dissipated. Remember when I cast a Patronus at you in third year? He asked Draco. I remember, said Draco. Why did you do that? Dress up as a Dementor, asked Harry. Let's go back to the main hall, said Draco. Send in a Patronus, I'm too high, said Harry. I can't cast one, said Draco. Harry laughed. It came out all strange and breathy and delighted. You would have, if you had been in the DA. Remember how you caught us? I remember. Are you sober? Yes, said Draco, rubbing his eyes. Why aren't you? Dean didn't pressure you into taking anything, did he? No, I've wanted to for a while. Harry stared up at the light and twirled around until he was dizzy. Draco caught him by the elbow and stopped him knocking into the table. My parents are dead. Fucking hell, said Draco. I'm the age my dad was when he died, said Harry. Twenty-one. I'll be older than my father next birthday. How old is your father? Fifty-three, said Draco. He was filling a cafetiere with hot water. I hate him, said Harry. He giggled. Oops, trying not to hate people anymore. Let's go back to the main hall, said Draco again, taking the cafetiere in a mug and walking away. How come you're sober? asked Harry, trotting to keep up with him. Aren't you always on drugs? Fuck off, said Draco, malfoyishly. I've upset you, said Harry, feeling awful, 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 stupid. It's fine, said Draco, touching his arm lightly. It's just a sore point. Sorry, said Harry. Are you annoyed now? No, said Draco. Are you tired? A bit, said Draco. Harry felt sad. Will you go to bed? They had reached the main hall. Neville and the couple had disappeared. Although Harry still felt wonderful, he didn't like the idea of having to feel wonderful all by himself. No, I'll stay with you until you come down. He muttered something else. Harry caught the tail end of it. Hurt yourself. He flicked his wand at the record player and electronic music began to play. Instantly, Harry started to dance. It felt great, amazing, good. Draco poured out the coffee into the mug, drained it. Dance with me said Harry. Draco danced next to him, small, jerky, uncomfortable movements. Harry watched him happily. Draco's pretty hair shone in the early morning light. He was so very handsome. Had he always been that handsome? Probably. Can I kiss you? asked Harry. Are you sure you want to? asked Draco. Harry nodded enthusiastically. Oh yeah, he said. I've thought about it before. Okay then, said Draco. Harry came close, pressing their bodies together. Draco was so lovely and warm and hard all up and down. His lips were soft, and the kiss was perfect, marvellous, magical. It doesn't feel very sexual, said Harry. Maybe not to you, said Draco. Maybe I'm straight, said Harry. I never get turned on when I'm on MD, said Draco. 
How often do you do drugs? asked Harry. Not that often, said Draco. Five times a week, tops. Unless it's someone's birthday. That's loads. It's just a social thing, said Draco. Where's Michael? asked Harry. Draco looked away. How should I know? He's your boyfriend, said Harry. Draco stared at him. His eyes were so pretty. Harry tried to see where the scars were, but the glamour was too perfect. He couldn't make them out at all. You think I would let you kiss me if I was still with Michael? Harry couldn't stop moving, because it felt so nice. I don't know, he said, shifting on his feet, moving his head. You're not a very good person. Draco stared at him some more. You should drink a glass of water, he said, after a while. Come to the kitchen. I like the music, said Harry. You'll get dehydrated. It's important, Potter. In the kitchen, Harry dutifully drank the water Draco gave him. Can I kiss you again? he asked, when he was done. No, said Draco. Harry was sad. Was I bad at it? I've never kissed a boy before. No, said Draco. You were very good. Then why not? asked Harry. Let's go back to the main hall, said Draco. Brooms, said Harry. He couldn't believe he had noticed them before. Brooms! Let's fly, he said. He grabbed one and raced out of the kitchen door into a courtyard. No, fuck, no, Potter! Draco chased after him. He tried to grab the broom from Harry's hands. It was such a fun game. Harry was too quick for him. He skipped around the courtyard, holding the broom just out of Draco's reach. You are too high to fly, Harry. Don't be so boring, said Harry, laughing. I see a broom, said Draco. The broom slipped out of Harry's grasp. But there were more brooms, loads, just propped up by the kitchen wall. Harry, stop, I beg of you. Scared, Malfoy? Yes, frankly. Come on, said Harry. Fly with me. Draco bit his lip and thought for a minute. Give me a second, he said. He cast several charms on one of the brooms. Okay, we can fly together on this one and it should be safe enough. That way I can keep an eye on you. Harry liked the idea of wrapping himself around Draco's warm body, so he agreed. He clambered up behind Draco and held tight around Draco's waist. He kissed Draco's neck as they took off. Sorry, he said, after he'd realised what he'd done. It's fine, said Draco. You can keep doing it. So Harry kissed Draco's neck, and Draco steered. Draco flew low and slowly through the cool morning mist. Remember the last time we flew like this? asked Harry. Yes, said Draco. This is better, said Harry. Draco laughed. Yes. I'm glad I saved you, said Harry. It's what you do best, isn't it, saviour? Harry shook his head into Draco's back. Not everyone he said. No, said Draco, so quietly that Harry could scarcely hear him. Not Dobby, said Harry. Dobby? A free elf, said Harry. Draco's shoulders were moving strangely. You knew Dobby, said Harry. I buried him myself. I don't speak about the war usually. Hermione says I should see a mind healer, but I don't have the time. Who has that sort of time? He walked in on me looking at a picture of someone once, said Draco. Dobby. I shouted at him while he banged his head against the floor. He hated me. Draco paused. I've never told anyone that before. I already knew he hated you, said Harry. That's not... Draco shook his head and stopped talking. His breathing was strange. Are you crying? asked Harry. It's the wind, said Draco. 
I'm sorry about what happened last time I saw you cry, said Harry, tightening his grip around Draco and nuzzling his back with his cheek. Michael broke up with me yesterday, said Draco. You loved him, said Harry. Draco didn't answer. The broom had slowed, and Draco's shoulders shook and shook. Harry hugged him tightly. What happened? he asked, after a while. Draco's shoulders stopped heaving, and the broom sped up. I think I see Dean and the others, he said. He was right. The mist had shifted to reveal a glade, where Dean and maybe fifteen others were dancing and singing and making out. Draco landed softly and removed the spells keeping Harry on the broom. Draco, cried Dean, springing forward to hug him. Draco, I forgive you, you know that, right? I know, said Draco. You've told me before, thank you. I forgive you, said Dean. You left Potter all on his own back there. It's his first time he could have hurt himself. We couldn't find him. We saw the sunrise. Harry, you saved my life from Draco and his dad. Dean turned to Draco. I hate your dad. Got any more MD on you? Asked Draco. Thought you were quitting? Asked Dean. Fuck that, said Draco. We're all out, sorry. Come dance with us. I'm going home. Look after Potter, yeah? Don't leave him alone again. He saved the world, said Dean. Harry, I love you. Dean took Harry's hand and led him to where a girl was doing a mesmerising dance with three lit wands. By the time she stopped, Draco was gone. Chapter 3 It took Harry two days to feel human again, but when he did, he felt better than he had in a long time. He sent Malfoy a note, along with a magnum bottle of champagne. Dear Malfoy, thank you so much for babysitting me the other night. I know I must have been incredibly annoying. I really appreciate it. Seriously. Sincerely, Harry. Malfoy's response came within the hour. N.P. D.M. This, Harry deduced, meant no problem. Such a short letter seemed pretty clear evidence that Malfoy didn't want to talk to him. But somehow, two days later, Harry found himself writing again. Dear Malfoy, how are you doing with the breakup stuff? That shit's hard. After Ginny broke up with me, I didn't sleep for a week. Which was ironic, because my nightmares were a big part of the reason we broke up. She said I was just existing. Maybe that's true? I don't know. I haven't wanted to think about it all too much. I don't want to feel angry all the time. And if I think I get angry, does that make sense? I don't know why the fuck I'm telling you all this. I'd appreciate it if you didn't tell anyone about the whole bisexual thing. I'm not even sure if I am. I've never really acted on it. I probably won't, to be honest. Just easier not to, I reckon. Sincerely, Harry. Dear Harry, your secret is safe with me. D. Malfoy. Dear Malfoy, that's a weight off my mind, to be honest. Not that I really thought, well, maybe I did worry a bit. No offence, but it is something you've done before. Go to the papers about me, I mean. They've calmed down about me recently, though. Probably because I don't do anything anymore. That's what Ron and Hermione say, which is really annoying, actually, because I'm a fucking good aura, and that should count for something. I apprehended a Taiwanese poison smuggler yesterday, for instance. What do you do for a living? Hope you're feeling better post-breakup, etc. Harry. Malfoy didn't answer that one. Nor did he answer the next three letters Harry sent him. But after the fourth, he wrote, Dear Potter, people are always telling me to talk about it, too. They can get fucked. D. Malfoy. And so began their unlikely correspondence. For every four or five lengthy letters Harry sent, Malfoy wrote him one back, never longer than one line. In March, 
Malfoy sent him an unsolicited letter. Dear Potter, Michael and I got back together. D. Malfoy. Harry stared at the letter for a long time. The exclamation mark. The fact that Malfoy had sent it at all. It occurred to Harry, for the first time, that he and Malfoy might sort of be friends. He wrote to Malfoy in rather the same way someone might write to a diary, and Malfoy wrote back just enough to prove that Harry's musings weren't, in fact, lost to the void. But he still hadn't seen Malfoy since that last party, over six months ago. He could have, if he wanted to. Malfoy went out all the time. He was at every event, every party. But Harry couldn't seem to leave his house except for work, or bagels every other Tuesday with Ron and Hermione. He tried sometimes, but it felt like he was underwater. That was why he decided to try drugs. He wanted to know if it would have made a difference. It had, of course, but it wasn't exactly a sustainable solution. Harry was weirdly unhappy at the prospect of Malfoy and Michael getting back together again. Dear Malfoy, that's brilliant. I'm so happy for you. You guys seemed so in love. You're really lucky. I'd like something like that. It'd be nice to have someone to come home to. Maybe I should get a cat. I don't get lonely. I like my own company. I like being alone. It's good. It's freeing, really. No one to bother me or try to talk to me or whatever. I like it. Still, though, it would be good to have someone to chat shit with in the evenings, you know? Like what you and Michael have. Super happy for you. Harry. On Harry's 22nd birthday, Malfoy sent him a card. It was from the unlicensed Harry Potter specialty shop on Nocturne Alley. It had Harry's scowling face on the front. Happy birthday, wrote Malfoy. Try not to think too much today, eh? Harry was astonishingly touched, although he didn't mention it in his next letter. He just described being dragged to the pub by Ron and Hermione, as someone had come over to him and wept and described in painstaking detail how the mother had died from complications after a Death Eater's curse. And people wonder why I don't go out, wrote Harry. For an answer, Malfoy sent a newspaper clipping. Death Eater Draco Malfoy glassed in the face by angry war victim read the unwieldy headline. There was a picture of Malfoy, his hands covering his face, blood pouring through his fingers. The article noted that this was the fourth time Malfoy had been attacked that year. Shit, wrote Harry. Are you okay? Malfoy didn't answer. Oh, he's fine, said Ron. Stuff like that doesn't scar, you know, not like dark magic. It's always quite upsetting when that happens, said Hermione. When that happens repeated Harry, in disbelief. Well, obviously Michael tries to keep him safe, but he's not always there, said Hermione. Why don't you keep him safe? He's all over the place, mate, said Ron. You try keeping tabs on Malfoy at a party. One time he ended up on a boat in Kuwait. We'd only gone to the pub to play darts. So, what, he just gets beaten up by strangers all the time and that's fine, said Harry. I've spoken to the Ministry about it several times, said Hermione. They say things will settle down eventually. I don't really know what else to do. He was so drunk that night anyway, said Ron, biting into a bagel. I doubt he even felt it. Harry had been writing to Malfoy for over a year and a half when Ron and Hermione convinced him to come to Hannah Abbott's birthday party. People have chilled out a lot, said Ron. They had. They milled around, drinking from wine glasses. They seemed civilised, grown up. Harry was relieved but he still felt awkward and out of place when they tried to talk to him. He lingered near the snacks table, wondering when Malfoy would appear. Although, maybe he didn't come to events like this, where no one was swinging from a chandelier. But no, there was Michael Corner, in the shadows near the bathroom, looking fucking miserable, actually. 
and then the bathroom door banged open. Malfoy came striding out, gorgeous and sniffing conspicuously. Draco, said Michael. Harry didn't exactly mean to spy on them. Michael, darling, hi, I love you, God, you look good, fuck, I love you. It was nothing like his MDMA voice. Draco sounded bright and sharp, as if he was at the top of his game, except that he talked too fast. Michael did not appear pleased. You promised, he said. What do you want to do, darling? Shall we talk about the war? You wanted to talk about the war. I'm ready. What do you want to know? Ask me anything, darling. I'll tell you anything. I wanted to talk to you about the war earlier, said Michael. Draco laughed. It was sort of a real laugh. More real than the MDMA laugh had been, anyway, except that the cadence was off. It trilled a little too fast, like the heartbeat of a small bird. But we can talk now, darling, or we can dance. We can go home and fuck all night. Whatever you want to do, tell me who you want me to be and I'll be him, darling. I want you not to be such a fucking cokehead, said Michael. Draco laughed again. High frequency. False. You're cross because I didn't share. I'm sorry, darling. I'll get Dean to give you some. Draco, listen to me. You promised. You promised me we'd go home and talk. We will. Let's talk now. Which ghastly thing shall we talk about first? Have you ever talked to anyone? I have. Shall I tell you about it? It's not about the fucking war, Draco. Isn't it? Oh, that's good. What shall we talk about next? Anything you like, Michael. I love you. You're so good and steady and kind. You're everything I want to be. When I grow up, I want to be just like you, Michael, darling. Michael leant his head against the wall. I can't do this anymore, he said. Yes, it's a terrible party. Hasn't everyone become boring all of a sudden? There's a new club in Berlin that's just opened. I hear they have an enchanted polar bear bouncer. You never talk to me unless you're on drugs. Not properly. At first I thought, but you never do. And don't tell me you're talking to anyone else either, because I know you aren't. I'm your only friend. Draco laughed. What are you talking about, darling? Well, I saw Goyle just last week. You're not even on first name terms with Goyle, for fuck's sake. And as for Dean, when was the last time the two of you spoke to each other sober? Dean, let's find Dean. He'll give you a line or two and you'll cheer right up, darling, right up. And then we'll go home and I'll make you see stars. I'm so good, aren't I? So good for you. I love you and you love me, don't you? Don't you love me? I do, said Michael. I wish I didn't. You're a coward, Draco. You were a coward in the war and you're a coward now. You're not a real person. You're just a paper cut out of a man. Draco's high-pitched laughter was like machine gun fire. Panic had started to leach into his expression. You're too funny, darling. Let's find Dean. I can't fix you, Draco. Of course you can, darling. You'll make me better. I'll be good and steady and kind one day, just like you. Oh, God, when you left me, Michael, I thought I'd drown. I was so lost. I didn't know who I was anymore. You have no idea who you are. You don't say what you mean unless you're completely fucking blitzed, said Michael. No, 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 said Draco. You don't even show your real fucking face to me, Draco, and if that's not an apt metaphor for our relationship, I don't know what is. They're ugly, said Draco. I'm much prettier this way, darling. They're you, cried Michael. It's you I wanted. Why can't you see? Fucking hell, I should never have... I can't... You're breaking my heart. Dean came bounding over, not seeming to notice that Michael was on the verge of tears and that Draco was snorting and tossing his head like a horse getting ready to run. Cheeky top up, boys. Draco, said Michael. But Draco didn't meet his eyes. Go on then, said Draco, and followed Dean into the bathroom. Michael stared as they shut the door, then made his way out of the party, wiping his cheeks just once, quickly. Harry walked home, stunned and empty feeling. He had waited until Draco came out of the bathroom again, but one look at Draco's huge, swollen pupils, at his chattering teeth, at his sniffing nose, had shown Harry that nothing useful could be accomplished that night. He wasn't surprised at how much he cared. He had known for a while, really. Their strange, one-sided pen-pal relationship had grown important to Harry long ago. Draco didn't have any friends, Michael had said, but he was wrong. Draco had Harry. Harry wanted to make sure that Draco knew that. Dear Draco, 
I'm really sorry, but I overheard you and Michael fighting at Hannah Abbott's birthday party, so I know you two have broken up or whatever. I just wanted to reach out and check if you're okay. Michael was bang out of order with a lot of what he said, but... You do seem a bit in over your head, mate. I wish you'd take a breather. The way you were last night, it didn't seem like partying. It seemed a lot scarier than that. I'm worried about you. Harry. Draco, rather predictably, did not answer. Nor did he answer Harry's next letter, nor the one after that. Finally, Harry went to the Friday pub night, so that he could ask Dean. Is Malfoy all right? Dean shrugged. Haven't seen him in ages, he said. What do you mean? Apparently he ran away or something. His parents called me in a panic about a week ago. He and Michael broke up and Draco just up and left. Left where? pressed Harry. I don't know, said Dean. I don't really know him all that well. Just let me know if you're alive, wrote Harry. Please. I don't even know if you're getting these. Except his owl always returned without the letter, which suggested she had delivered it somewhere. Nearly two weeks later, a postcard arrived at Grimmauld Place. It was from the British Museum, but had been sent, bizarrely, from Minneapolis. I'm alive. D.M. Harry continued to send the letters, but he never heard back from Draco again. That was the first part of Can I Tell You Something, written and read by Gala Placidia. Tune in next week for part two. Don't forget to join my newsletter at gallopod.newsletter.com. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. And why not share it with a friend who you think might like the show? I also have an Instagram, at letthemeetbooks, with underscores instead of spaces, where I post reviews of the books I read. So please say hello on there. Thank you for listening.